it's our privilege to have Reverend Becky Pape with us this evening. She's the ministry pastor at Springs First Church of the Nazarene. She came even though it snowed. The thing that I've come to know about Becky uh, more than anything else is that she is our sister in Christ. Um, you can, the longer you, the, the more you talk to her, the more you sense that she has a heart for God. And so I'm looking forward to the way her heart for God will minister his word to us this evening. Well, I think I could just go home after that. I love to be in God's presence. And uh, I love to be in his word especially when it brings comfort to me. Not always do I like it when it speaks to me, you know, and it causes me to need to change in a direction I'm not ready to change in. But thank the Lord, he's patient with me and he keeps working on me. I'd just like to know a little bit, how many of you are called into full-time ministry to be a pastor of a church, that kind of thing? Okay, and then I know there's some that for counseling purposes, called into counseling one-on-one, -on -one. okay? And what other, I know, associate, children, youth, children, youth, yeah, good, awesome. Music, yes, music, okay? So I was preparing, I just, I always like to know, God, what in the world do you want me to say? Because I don't have anything to say unless God tells me what to say. Um, but he woke me up in the night and he gave me this scripture and I know it's somewhat long but I would really love to share it with you what God has laid on my heart it's in Acts chapter 16 verse 16 to 21 because God gave me this portion of scripture when I was going through something and he gave me this story that totally encouraged my life And this is Paul and Silas. Once we were going to the place of prayer, no better place to start than there, is there? We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. Well, this girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so troubled that he turned around and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and they said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. We first see that Paul and Silas were going off to a place of prayer. That means there was a connection with God. There was a sense of um, relationship happening. We cannot receive the power of Jesus Christ to do what he asks us to do if we are not in touch 
with God himself. And Paul and Silas were able to go then and be able to tell that evil spirit to come out of this girl. Now, I have never come across an individual who was a sorcerer, or a witchcraft person, or telling the future, that kind of thing. God has never brought that type of person into my life to rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. However, in the church we have things that cause such upheavals and things in our homes that we allow because we're not willing to face it and say, this must cease. Sometimes people in our church, and myself included, a bitter attitude can creep in, an unsubmissive spirit, a spirit that says, I'm not going to forgive my brother because I don't agree. We're not agreeing here. Gossip can permeate, can kill a church, can kill a family. Grumbling and complaining are spirits that the enemy wants to zap into the, our lives of our people if we allow it. I'll tell you, it reminds me of the children of Israel trying to pass through. And what was their spirit like? Grumbling and complaining. They couldn't be thankful. They couldn't seem to have it right where they could just believe that the God of the universe was going to help them and drop food out of heaven. They didn't have that kind of faith. Well, when Paul and Silas were there, they rebuked that evil spirit out of the woman because she really, I believe, was hanging around, and we have these people hanging around the church, or we allow it, the bitter root to happen with our children who are in our home, wherever it might be. And if we allow it, it continues to contaminate. And here was this young girl who said, I just want to go around these people. I know they must have hope here. They're going to teach you about Jesus if you just believe. They'll tell you about the Son of God. Wanting someone to free her of this bondage, you see. And these people are making it very obvious by their attitudes and their actions that they want somebody just to say, this is not right. We need to get this cleaned up. It ruins marriages. It ruins relationships. It ruins the work of God to be able to press forward. But you know, don't expect the enemy to be happy that you're removing these things from the people and your God is using you to clean house, don't think he's going to be happy. He's not going to be happy when you're doing what God wants you to do. People are begging for victory in their marriages. They're begging for it in relationships. And we need to be able to come alongside of them and be that prayer support and be able to come alongside of them, whether it be in a counseling situation or whether it be in a teaching role of the church or whether it be in the music program of the church. We need to change the heart of our people to say, this is no longer acceptable. We are here to worship God. Well, Paul and Silas, if you look in that scripture, verse 22, 
They brought them to the authorities, the magistrates were the commanders of the army, army, and they could do anything that they wanted. And the crowd joined in the attack, in verse 22, against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates, who were the commanders of the army of that day, ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Talk about humiliating. How would you like to be stripped of your clothes because you're doing the very work of God? How would you like to be beaten? Well, I've not had anybody come and strip me of my clothes and beat me up and say all kinds of things. However, I've had people say all kinds of things. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But how are we going to serve the Lord? What is that going to look like? I've already made the decision to serve God and to serve Him with all of my heart. But am I going to respond to this critical spirit and to this beating how am I going to respond to that? Because any time you start moving into the territory of God and you're trying to take Satan's territory, the hearts of the people, and try to create victory in their life, you better believe the enemy is not going to be happy. So it says here, they were thrown into prison. They were treated poorly. I can remember a, a minister, he said to me, I'm going to go be a pastor someday. This was before I was in ministry. I said, really? Yes, I'm going to go be a minister. And so we went out into a part of California, and he, he and his family were talking to us, and I said, How did it, how's it going? This is a few weeks into it. Well, nobody's asked me over to their house. Nobody's asked you over to their house. Nobody's asking us over. Well, what do you think this is, some glamour thing? We're here out to fight a battle with God, for the lives of people. What are you talking about? We're not waited on. You've got a misconception of what ministry is about. You've got a misconception of what serving Christ is all about. So in this part, they were thrown into the jail. They were told not to do the very thing that God had called them to do, and that was to speak and proclaim. And now they're thinking, okay, God, what now? You called us to go teach and preach, but guess what? Our hands are tied. Our feet are, t are in stocks here. Can't even do what you've called us to do. Oh, we could grumble. Could you imagine the godly men of Paul and Silas in the cell grumbling and complaining? Can you just imagine what that would look like? That's what believers look like. Carnal believers who are missing out on a relationship with Jesus Christ, trying to do the service in the ministry without the power behind it. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas, what were they doing? Praying and Now, I don't know about you. You can't grumble and complain and sing praises at the same time. 
That's why we need worship leaders, leading us into the very presence of God. But I'll tell you what, the enemy will fight it. I don't know if it took till midnight for them to come to grips with it. I don't know if it, it was because they were in so much pain, they didn't have Advil to take. I don't know what caused it, but at about midnight, they couldn't sleep. And so instead of grumbling and complaining, praise God, they said, we're going to sing praises to God, and we're going to pray, and we're going to do what we're called to do, and that's have a relationship with Jesus. That is number one. For that we are called. So they began to sing praises, and it says that the other prisoners... Let's look back over here. About midnight, they were singing praises, singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted out, don't harm yourselves. We're all here. I don't know for sure, but I can just imagine that jailer was a part of that, putting him in that prison cell. And I'm not sure that he necessarily treated Paul and Silas in the kindest of ways. But the beautiful part is, people listen to our response to what we're going through. If it's a marriage problem, you can know that the enemy is on the attack. If you're having problems, you need to know that the enemy is not happy with what you're doing. Now we have choices on how we're gonna respond. And sometimes that battle can be so strong I can remember a time when I didn't want to give in. I just wanted to be mad. You ever been with me? I didn't, I didn't want to forgive. And God got me to my knees. And he said, Becky, hello, did I not forgive you? Oh, but God, that hurt bad. Pain was bad, God. I can't do that. No, you can't without me, Becky. Whatever it takes, we get back on our knees and we say, Jesus, you need to do something here, something that I cannot do on my own. It's going to take a godlike thing to help me to praise you, to forgive, to not hold a bitter attitude. But you know what? God is faithful. There were some times when I would go back to my issue and I'd go back to my knees and it was almost like, okay, I gave that to God and the next morning, man, I just got up in the morning and I said, God, I don't feel it in my heart. I started to claim it, Lord, I forgave that person. Lord Jesus, I praise you. My heart didn't feel it. But boy, when I started to do it, I just started to praise him and I started to live it by saying it, by speaking the truth, the enemy fled. The enemy fled. 
I could just picture that quake in the ground, the earthquake shaking, and all of a sudden, something was going to happen because victory was won in the heart of Paul and Silas. You know, sometimes we, we think, oh, but God, I'm in this little problem over here, and I've got this little thing going on. Don't you see it, God? Look right here. He says, would you just get your eyes on me? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And I'm sure Paul and Silas, maybe at first they didn't feel like it. They were probably so uncomfortable with the beatings. But they did it. God asks us to praise him at all times. Not just when things look good. Not just when the circumstances are right and the finances look great and the children are all, you know, just acting right. He says, praise him all the time. And I know when victory was won, when Jesus died on the cross and the earth quaked, it reminded me of that because Jesus said, this isn't my plan for Paul and Silas. Watch what I do. Now I've got their heart right. I know they're with me. And watch what I do. I love to see God do miracles. The jailer, verse 29 says he called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Don't you think you would be trembling if you thought you were ready to end your life? Wouldn't you be trembling if you had, were going to a person that you maybe had mistreated partly and bringing them into the cell? And he brought them out and he asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I want what you have. People aren't impressed with our problems. They're impressed by what we do with it. They're impressed by how we respond. They replied, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that very hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. I mean, these were no just slaps on the back. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy. That's what we want for our people. Praise and joy and God's peace. Because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. I don't know about you, but sometimes we're in a problem and we think that God doesn't notice and God says, wait a minute, I work all things together for good to those who love me. You watch. Because you see, I care about that jailer over there. And the only way I can reach him is for him to see somebody who really knows me who really knows how to praise God and love God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind, with all of their strength, with everything that they have, no matter what. He's looking for people. The world is not looking for pious acts. 
They're looking for a people who show the very opposite of what they can do themselves. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Bring victory in our lives so that the world can see and know and believe and have victory in their lives. But if the church is struggling with victory in their lives, woe to the world out there because they say, I don't see anything different. I love you, Lord. And I can say today that he brought victory in this house. Problems will exist till the day we die. Whether it be financial, marital, relational, in your job, with your children, doesn't matter. But who is this God to you? Is he big enough that you can say, Jesus, meet my need. Change it so that the world will know that you are God. I'd like to pray with you today. I don't know what God has in store for you. But may there be victory in the house. My Jesus, I love you. I know you are mine. Through the good and through the bad. Through the hard through the easy, through the difficult. Jesus, I praise you that you bring victory in the house. You were able to take a Paul and a Silas who had every reason and every cause to retaliate and be bitter and be angry. But Jesus, they chose to look beyond with eyes of faith to a God who said, you are in control. You know what you're doing. I don't understand. But I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to love you anyway. Jesus, change our hearts of bitterness, of hate, of envy, of pride, of jealousy. Any of these things, God, I pray that if there be anything in us, would you please, Jesus, remove it, forgive us, move us forward, so we can pluck and help the speck in another person's eye. Remove that log in ours so Jesus will be able to help a brother or a sister who needs you so desperately. They need joy, Jesus, to return in their home. I praise you today. I pray, God, that your blessings will be on these people that are here serving and preparing for ministry that their heart will grow fond to you. Their quiet time will just grow and deepen, Lord. That is our utmost call. Use us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.